Welcome back to Halfback Dynasty. My name is Brendan. We are joined today with our co-host, Tyler. Tyler, how the heck you feeling, my man? Brendan, I'm feeling great. I feel like we're on weekend time, but really we're only Tuesday night, but it's feeling good. You're drinking a Bud Light. Your intro is, uh, that's some Vegas style right there. You're still on Vegas time, I think. Listen, you know, I've been really into the UFC recently. And Bruce Buffer is such a dope announcer. And I was trying to hit some pitches that he can hit. So I hope it sounded pretty good. I'm not too sure with these headphones on, honestly, everything sounds good. (laughs) Yeah. I'm not sure if you blew it out there or not. I couldn't, uh, for a second, I couldn't hear you. So you might've hit the, uh, I forget. Do you see that movie with uh, Will Ferrell and the lady from wedding crashers, uh, Rachel McAdams? Uh, which one? I'm a big, I'm a big Will Ferrell guy actually, but which, which movie? I think it was Euro something. They're like singers from Iceland. Oh, and yeah. They hit the sprig note, I think. I think you hit the sprig note, man. Dude, that movie was crazy. Where like everybody, crazy. everybody from Iceland like hates him, and then they they like flop their performance, and then you they know, end up coming back and killing it. It's crazy. You know what's unreal is some of the footage was real, like the Belarus like metal song was real i did some serious research into it that is a uh, that's a crazy show man obviously europe's a lot more hip than we are but man some of their performances are is really something else dude you gotta give will ferrell credit man he's been in so many legendary movies and honestly you either love will ferrell or you hate him but he's in such legendary films wedding crashers his snl performance elf uh blades of glory i mean my goodness just so many good films and and arguably the number one film of all time according to me step brothers step brothers is a freaking legendary film tyler that's all i gotta say all right we're gonna get a little off topic here brendan i'm gonna put you on the spot what's your top three movies ever oh geez bro that's tough man you should be able to bust that out no problem okay honestly I'm a huge fan of Inception with Leonardo DiCaprio. I'm a big Leonardo DiCaprio fan. Uh, I really like the movie Step Brothers. That's probably up there. And then number three, honestly, dude, another Christopher Nolan film, probably uh, Batman, The Dark Knight. I think that was just a masterpiece. You know, obviously you could tell that I either like more humor or kind of action-packed films sure. not really into the drama so i know you if i asked you that question you'd probably just bust out some uh, 80s horror you'd be like yeah that's the stuff right there that's the hot sauce brendan mine is easy die hard beetlejuice nice. and hocus pocus okay Go. okay i mean those are those are hall of fame movies <laughs> especially die hard die hard is obviously one of the best movies ever made so actually the entire the entire series is pretty dope yeah, when do you get the arguably the best movie ever made and the best Christmas movie all in one? Die Hard. It, it doesn't happen often. Obviously, it's only happened one time throughout history. So, <laughs> sure. sure. Oh, nope, man. Cool. Well, I'm glad you're doing well. You know, things are cool. Finally settled in over here. Just got back from Vegas. Uh, didn't really win much money. Didn't lose much money. That's Lady good. kind of, kind of, uh, kind of had me uh, on the leash in terms of gambling, except when she wanted to gamble. It was okay when, when she wanted to gamble, but when I wanted to, it was a no-go. <laughs> well, your lady's probably a little bit more under control, man. I remember you winning those three titles this year in Dynasty. That money was spent before it hit your accounts. So she's yeah. just trying to keep it. Now that you guys are living together, man, you got you to keep it on the straight and narrow financially. Yeah, luckily I lied, and I didn't tell her how much I really won. I told her about 100 bucks, you know? <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> She's you like, guys, why, 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 why is the fridge so stocked with just a million different beers? I'm like, don't worry about it, babe. <laughs> Got them all for free. Slinging, <laughs> trading them for beers. Did you guys uh, see any shows or anything? Or No, nah, there wasn't much going on. At least what we wanted to do because we were kind of on an itinerary. It was crazy, though. So we were there Wednesday night, Friday night, or Wednesday night, Thursday night, and then Friday and Saturday just – a million more people it was crazy the the influx of people there so it was just it was just cool to kind of be out there because honestly during covid not many people are traveling and it felt like a whole new place so it was cool to get out there the flights were scary though man i I don't remember flights being that much turbulence packed like i was kind of like dude what the heck is happening right now 
Yeah, the last few I've taken, for some reason, I feel like are a lot more bumpy than when I was a kid, but maybe it's all perspective, man, you know, but. Who knows? Or the pilots are just rusty, but you know, the good thing is I actually researched a lot into it. While I was on the plane, I was like, are we crashing? Does turbulence mean we're crashing? But turbulence really has no effect to the actual safety of a plane. So usually pilots, they're like, hey, it's not no big deal. So it's cool. It's cool. I've heard turbulence is literally like you hitting a speed bump in a car. Yeah. That's what they equate it to, but sure as exactly. hell feels a lot different when you're 30,000 feet in the air. I'm just going to put that out there. Yeah. Yeah. There's no, no going anywhere except down. So cool. Yeah, right. Tyler, uh, big week, obviously. So we got the NFL draft happening in a couple short days. I'm pumped. You know, as we were talking pre-show, it's basically the, the first big milestone of the dynasty football offseason. So usually if you're in a league, there might be some inactivity from owners, but obviously that all changes with the NFL draft. People's blood gets, people's bloods get pumping. I mean, picks start being traded. You really start to get an idea of who you want to take based on the landing spots. Uh, So it's crazy. You know, I've held on to the the 101 in in one league uh, for probably the longest time I've ever held on to a pick in an off season. It's been about three (laughs) weeks since I obtained it and I still have it. Wow. Nice, man. Yeah. That's uh, I can't wait to hear what you do with that pick. You're a running back guy, but staring you in the face. I I don't know, man. I'd be shocked if you don't take chase, but uh, we'll see what happens. Only time will tell. Only time will tell. So, so yeah, obviously we're excited here Uh, to everybody listening. Tyler had a brilliant plan to actually uh, go on air during the NFL draft. So Tyler, I'm not sure it'll be a live event, um, but I know we'll record uh, hopefully a couple hours where we, we can have the drafts going on in the background to share our thoughts, drink some beer. Well, you can drink your tea. Uh, big healthy guy over here. My goodness. Uh, and even talks about bringing out a special guest from one of the leagues, which I think could be a fantastic idea. So I'm very excited. Tyler, it's the first time we'd be covering an NFL draft. So are you pumped? I'm super excited, man. I mean, this is like you said, this is arguably I mean, I consider the NFL draft and your draft to kind of coincide. So this is arguably the biggest, what you could call day of the dynasty calendar. You know, I still think week one ranks pretty high because you're so excited. You got the red zone on from like 6 a.m. You know, you're just ready to roll. But uh, very few things on the dynasty calendar more exciting than uh, both the drafts, you know. Absolutely. It's 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 big. There's no more. Oh, if he lands here, what am I going to do? What if he lands here? That that all gets put to rest, which really helps kind of bring in the focus uh, where you're going to go, unless you're like me and you just, you know, who you're picking no matter what. And you, you don't <laughs> waver from that, you know? Bama receivers, baby. Bama hey, last receivers. year I said, I don't care where Lamb or Judy land. I'm taking them at 1-1 one, one and 1-3. One, and hey, man, it I did it. Out. It I don't worked out. It worked out. I don't know, man. So let's, let's see where those Bama receivers go. Uh, but Tyler, first off, let, let's, let's talk about uh, the remainder of our rankings as well as let's break down a couple more rookies before we actually give maybe some predictions about some of the uh, players in the NFL draft. Uh, I'm going to pull up the rankings here shortly. Give me one second. Got everything there. Share screen. I heard people who talk to themselves are naturally more intelligent. That's what's going on here. And you must be high on that IQ. <laughs> for sure, dude, for sure. You see that all right? I see it very well. All right, hold on, hold on. What the heck's going on here? X out of that. All right, that looks pretty good, doesn't it? Looks fantastic, man. All right, so, you know, we were going five players each in our dynasty rankings, but clearly with the NFL draft happening this Thursday, uh, a lot, well, actually this weekend, I should say, this entire weekend, uh, I should say that our picks are going to change. You'll probably see a lot of rookies creep up into like that maybe 30 to 50th range based on landing spot. You know, I know it happened with J.K. Dobbins, Jonathan Taylor, especially Clyde Edwards-Hilaire last year, just to name some of the running backs. But for now, I think it's a, it's a good call to just kind of review who we have left on the board for our rankings, we've got uh, 31 through 42. 
So Tyler, again, these are all guys that I would just love to have on my team. I mean, the pattern is still basically the same. They're still pretty young players uh, on, well, including Darren Waller, um, maybe Keenan Allen, which is still pretty young, but you know what I mean? These are all wide receiver one potential guys and even some running back potential one guys. Uh, What what do you notice out of this group of players and uh, how do you feel about them going into this year? I think it's a really interesting tier. I mean, you've got guys like DJ Moore, who, you know, you kind of thought was going to make a bigger jump than he did. Um, That's not a knock on him. You know, I think DJ Moore is probably a 1200 yard four to six touchdown guy. I mean, that's a a high, high end WR two. He's maybe never going to be elite, but I think you can plug him in and play him every weekend and never worry about it. Uh, T Higgins, obviously a very, very hot name this off season. Uh, a lot of talk about chase, maybe landing in uh, Cincinnati. I don't know with the amount of holes they have, you and I have talked about it when you have Higgins and Boyd, I, I don't know why you would take chase when you need help literally in every other position besides the O line. Yeah. Besides running back and quarterback. I mean, your franchise got hurt last year because you don't have a line. So we'll see what happens. You know, crazy things happen in the draft all the time. Uh, Darren Waller uh, with his target share is arguably for me better than George Kittle. I know that's probably not a popular thing, but George Kittle now has, you know, Debo Samuel, uh, 400 running backs on that team and Brandon Ayuk. Um, (laughs) all competing for targets. So Waller gets 12 targets a game. That's huge. You see what he does with it. Um, So to me, he's a tight end too, but I understand the age factor drives up Kittle a little bit more. Uh, Mixon, uh, it's just another off season with Mixon. You know, I I love Joe Mixon. Is this going to be the year he breaks out or will this be the third year in a row that we think this is his year? So Mixon. So so when, when, when do we cut him off though? Like when, oh, after when this, does that point, it, it's for sure. Like you're, you're, no. you're planting 100%. that flag right now that if Joe 100%. Mixon does not perform probably top 10 running back numbers, in my opinion, well, if, last, if, he, if he's not an RB one. Yeah. And last year was a little unfair. You know, the rewind a year prior, he was the RB 10, maybe even nine. I forget depending on format, but he was an RB one. No question. You know, hold, holding a, essentially a year or a season-ending en- injury against players tough, but I get it. You know, I've owned Mixon for uh, – since after his rookie year. I'm extremely frustrated too, but the talent's there. The guy can catch. The guy can block. They cut Bernard, which to me means maybe they're finally going to throw the ball to Mixon more. Um, hey, but we say this every year, so we'll see. Uh, Mike Evans, pretty low on the list, probably deserves to be higher. But at the end of the day, uh, Chris Godwin's there. Uh, Brady spreads the ball around. And Evans is always underrated. He's never fetched much on the market, despite, uh, I mean, he's had maybe the best start to a career ever, if I remember right at this point. It's got to be ever, man. Yeah. So uh, obviously great value there. Uh, Sutton's a huge question mark. He showed uh, pretty elite upside. Uh, but then sustained a season-ending injury. Obviously, again, like I said with Mixon, can't really hold that against him. But mm-hmm. let's see what he does. Uh, obviously, Mike Evans, who by his standards had a down year, um, has proven seven other seasons what he can do. Sutton's had one good year. So I think that's why he is where he is. Uh, Mari Cooper, always underrated, always not liked amongst most people in the community. Uh, CeeDee Lamb is much, much higher on this list. I think that's dragging Cooper down, but Cooper is an elite wide receiver, great route runner, plays with one of the best quarterbacks in the league. There's very little to not like about Cooper, uh, but his ranking I think is pretty fair based on kind of how the community sees him. And also I think Dallas has an out after next year. So what looks like he'll be in Dallas long-term is a question mark. Uh, things change very, very quickly in the NFL, as we've talked about. Uh, James Robinson, uh, fair or not, the undrafted status is still there. Uh, the dude mm-hmm. had an incredible season. I do think Jacksonville adds competition. What that means, I don't know. I view 
all the people, you know, mocking a good running back there, much like Chase going to Cincinnati. Jacksonville has way too many holes. They have a guy they know is a good running back. You can feed him the ball. He can catch. He can block. Why would you add a running back uh, of any consequence or that's going to make money? You've got holes everywhere. So I think Robinson's a little bit safer than most people think based on forums and things like that. But, hey, at the end of the day, until the uh, draft is done, I would not be trading for James Robinson currently. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, David Montgomery, kind of the same thing, has been really not that good his career until the back half of last year when he just absolutely exploded. Uh, He had a very easy run schedule. Can't hold that against the guy. The guy played well when he should have played well. So I would be thrilled to own David Montgomery, to be honest. I think he's probably underrated and maybe could be bought for a decent price in certain leagues. He's a cheaper option. Yeah, a lot of people worry about Tariq Cohen, who, Brandon, you're in Chicago. I don't think Tariq Cohen's a good running back at all. He had one good year where he caught a ton of balls. Um, Everything kind of fell right for him. I don't worry about him, but the uh, bringing in of Williams, he's going to get touches, obviously. So Mm -hmm. um, I still like Montgomery. I would love to own him, but he's either probably too expensive for the risk or, you know, and he's just not worth moving for a lot of owners. You know, if he's your RB two or three, why would you even consider moving him? Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a very interesting one. I've somewhat soured on Juju Smith Schuster. I, I would have paid an early first for him at the beginning of the off season, but I think going back to Pittsburgh hurts Juju. I, I don't think. Why do you think he did that? It, it just seemed very odd that the stars aligned for him to get a, a pretty nice deal somewhere else and be the feature pass catcher. Why did he go back? I, I really can't put, put my finger on it. I'm not sure if maybe the deals weren't there or I don't know. I read that KC made an offer that to me, why you would pass on going to KC automatic, automatic, except bro. I would even do it for the veterans minimum, bro. Yeah. I mean, he said he loves Pittsburgh, which is a little contradictory to some of his uh, Twitter antics, but um, Hey man, he, he stayed with who drafted him. Uh, There's gotta be reasons why he stayed. You got to respect that. But I actually coming out of the draft, when we redo our rankings, uh, Juju would be dropping in mine. No question. Agreed. Um, I would easily buy him for a late first, early second, if people have soured that much, but I wouldn't even pay a mid first in this class currently for Juju. I don't, I just don't think he's worth it. I mean, he's, he's extremely inconsistent over since uh, Antonio Brown left. So was it Antonio Brown or was it Juju? I mean, it's obviously a combo, but there's not an elite wide receiver on that team like Antonio Brown. So um, he'll drop in my rankings, Deontay Johnson, kind of like Juju. I think he's maybe a, different talent than juju i think he can play the slot i think he's a little bit more of maybe a high volume catcher but he showed some serious drop issues last year um i have seen a lot of people value him at an early first which i think is fair to an extent but i wouldn't pay that but also if i own johnson i wouldn't move him you know i think he's one of those assets that if you own him you absolutely hold him and if you don't he's probably too expensive Mm -hmm. so I think his value is spot on there. Uh, Keenan Allen to me is all age. I mean, he's 30. That's, this is more about value. You Keenan Allen's never been valuable. Um, so now that he's 30, he's even less valuable, but Keenan Allen is an elite wide receiver. He still has it, man. Yeah. That looks to play with maybe one of the better up and coming young quarterbacks. Now I, I would love to have Allen. Same thing. I wouldn't move him because nobody's going to give you anything for him, but phenomenal top 10 wr uh production wise for the foreseeable future for me pending health barring injury yep so let me ask you this out of any of these guys ranked from 31 all the way to 42 on our list here would you give up the 101 for any of these guys in a single uh quarterback league um I don't think so. Uh, DJ Moore would probably be the closest for me. 
Um, I mean, the dude plays is quarterback proof. He's proved that through his young career. Uh, he's a special talent. Um, I don't know. It's so hard because you assume the one, one is going to bring you so much value value within your lineup and, you know, go back through the history of dying. That's just simply not the case. You know, a lot of the rookies you draft don't pan out. You feel the power. I think that, yeah, I think that arc is getting a little bit more positive in the top three, four picks, you know, based on the last few classes. But if your one, one turns into DJ Moore in four years, you'd be thrilled because chances Mm -hmm. are it won't. So uh, DJ Moore is close to me. I love T Higgins, but I think the one, one's a little high. Mm -hmm. Um, I think with the uncertainty of of how this draft's going to go, I think it's definitely, uh, definitely a risky move. Uh, well, let me ask you this then. So is everybody on this list worth at least a first round pick of some sort from DJ Moore to Keenan Allen? I would value, I'm just going to go through it real quick, Brendan. DJ Moore to me is multiple firsts, T Higgins, uh, back end early to mid Darren Waller back end early, uh, Joe Mixon, I would say mid at this point, I would actually value Darren Waller at two firsts despite Mm -hmm. his age. Uh, Mike Evans, I think, should be worth two firsts, but he's not. He never will be. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cortland Sutton, back end mid first. Uh, Mari Cooper, back end early for me. I think he's really underrated. James Robinson, late first, which is unfair to what he did last year. But there's it's worth much- the risk pre draft. Pre draft, yeah. if, if Jacksonville doesn't go RB in like the second round then I think he's worth multiple first. You got to steal. David Montgomery, mid first, Juju late. Uh, Johnson to me is a mid first, but you're never going to land him for that. And Mm -hmm. Keenan Allen for me is an early first, but you'll never get that for Keenan Allen. Agreed. Yeah. So then I think it's safe to say everybody who is ranked in our top 50, but 42 here, obviously uh, due to the players in red that you see on the, the left-hand side, we all didn't, one of us didn't pick them in the top 50, which means that it's invalid to add them to the top 50 list. So everybody in the top 42 that we put together is worth at least a first round pick. So I agree. I agree that I think all of them are. And that basically puts it at, let's see, two, three, close to four, uh, four rounds in a startup draft. So I guess, Another question I have is, is in terms of startup drafts, because obviously after the NFL draft, we'll start seeing a lot more, whether it's startup or dynasty or redraft. If rookie picks, so I guess it'd have to be dynasty. If rookie picks were in a startup draft, when would you take the 101? Which round, which pick? Man, that's a tough one. One QB, one QB. Okay. Yeah, that's a tough call because you can fall in love with uh, rookies. Um, I've tried very, very hard this offseason to not do that because you can really set yourself back. Um, I think it's dependent on who's available. I really do. You know, Mm -hmm. I could see in a one QB, man, I could see the fourth round for some people. I really could. Mm -hmm. Um, Fourth through sixth, I think is fair. I don't know if it would fall that far. You know, there's certain people that have rookie fever. There's certain people that just want their entire team to be under 22 years old, you know? So it's, uh, it's not a good way to build your team based solely off uh, age. Don't do it. I mean, when you think about the best players in the league, most of them are, would be considered old for, they're like 25, like 20, 20, 24 for running backs. I say is prime and like 26 for wide receivers. Yeah, so I could see the 1-1 one, one going in the fourth, to be completely honest, because I think that's kind of when you get into that, I don't really love this guy. He's decent, but I don't really – you know, I think when you – for certain owners, when you start getting out of the elite, uh, you do kind of look at players you like versus more uh, who maybe you should pick, you know, but mm-hmm. – I mean, if you're on the clock and Joe Mixon's there or the one-one, I would think a lot of people take the one-one. Yeah, I have to honestly tell you that in a dynasty league, I would. So, I mean, right now, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you with with the one-one. I'm going to take Najee Harris. Uh, obviously, that could change in two days. I would take Najee Harris over. 
let's let's do it based on the running backs. I would take Najee Harris over Robinson. Yeah. I would take him over Joe Mixon. I wouldn't take him over Antonio Gibson. Right. I would take him over Aaron Jones though, in a startup, in a startup per se. If I'm contending, Aaron Jones is definitely not worth the 101 in most people's minds. He's probably like you know the 104 ish, right? Um, but I would rather have the 101. And then honestly, Josh Jacobs is a guy who's probably sinking very far down. I would rather have Najee Harris than Josh Jacobs. That is really it right now. I'd rather have Cam Akers, still would rather have Zeke. So what is that, four? Is that four running backs that you got there? That's four, but you skipped over your boy. I don't think I didn't notice that, Brendan. So you take Sanders over the one-one? That uh, Yes, I would. Okay. I will, well, 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 before I get ahead of myself, yeah, so, so he, here's the funny thing. So um, basically Sanders on up, I'd rather have the running back there. Josh Jacobs is the last guy that I would say I would for sure rather have uh, Najee Harris. I actually was talking with my brother and we threw out the idea of him giving me Miles Sanders for the 101, but I actually declined it. Here's why. Um, right now, the way my team is, is I traded Kamara for the one, the first overall and Terry McLaurin. I think Terry McLaurin is going to be a beast, but I am not fully sold on Miles Sanders. I think he'll break out. But for some reason, I still think that like in the second half of the season that Najee Harris could put together like a Jonathan Taylor type type oh, season. Sure. Like I, I yeah. think I think Sanders has the potential to be incredibly solid, be an RB1, which a lot of people have soured on him. But I just think for some odd reason, like Najee Harris is built better to give that Jonathan Taylor performance in the second half of the season and in the playoffs, if that makes sense. And the way my team's built is I technically don't need my RB three, I've got, I've got Dalvin cook and Nick Chubb. I can kind of afford to take a slighter gamble those first few weeks, you know, the first half of the season and hope that Najee Harris becomes who I think he will be. That makes sense. That makes sense to me, Brennan. I, I mean, I'll say it now. I think Najee Harris outscores Sanders. You think year. so? Yes. Provided uh, he's allowed to have decent starting touches. You yeah. know, if he doesn't play much, obviously no, but I, I think he's an immediate Harris. impact. I think he's an immediate impact. The, so here, let, let's talk about Jonathan Taylor. I thought Jonathan Taylor was the best running back out of the class last year. Uh, actually, let me let me retract my statement. Out of honesty, I thought DeAndre Swift and Jonathan Taylor were 1A, 1B. So Jonathan Taylor could have come into the league and tore it up. The problem is he didn't look good early on. And they had Marlon Mack, who they clearly liked in Indianapolis. Jonathan Taylor was missing reads, missing gaps. He looked like he had no confidence out there. And so Jonathan Taylor kind of posed himself and fantasy owners because if he would have came out hot, like he performed in college, then he would have been an absolute baller, bro. The entire season, the entire season, but he didn't really get going until like what, like week nine, something a little bit later. So I don't know, man. I, I think Najee Harris has that NFL ready um, build and I think that he he will be good from the first week. So I hope, man. I hope that's why I traded for the one on one. Otherwise, I want to trade Kamara away. Yeah, I agree. I think he'll he'll hit immediately, or you know, at least within the first handful of weeks. And mm-hmm. kind of going back to what you said, I know Ceh and Swift gained uh, their traction, but uh, Taylor was my top RB, no question. I feel the same way about Harris. I mm-hmm. I don't think it's even close. I really don't. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Agreed. Cool, man. Hey, well, great rankings. You know, I think, I think we'll see a lot of, of, of these rankings kind of stay similar to where they're at. Uh, I think what's going to happen is we're going to see a couple of players jump the board significantly and a couple of players drop the board significantly. Um, okay. So we'll know uh, within the next week, actually. So I'm excited to kind of do a, a comparison between pre-draft rankings and post-draft rankings. So it'll be real excited. Uh, but Tyler, let's talk about the two rookies that we want to break down real quick. Uh, we've got Rondell Moore, wide receiver out of Purdue, and Rashad Bateman, wide receiver out of Minnesota. So these are basically the last two guys we'll break down. Then we basically did a top 10 um, rookie breakdown throughout the, the past few months here. So I'm going to exit the screen share so everybody can see our beautiful faces a little bit closer. Boom. But what do we got? Who do you want to talk about first? I've got uh, just a couple notes on Rashad Bateman first here. Okay. Yeah, let's hear him, man. 
All right. So obviously uh, he went to Minnesota, which they've produced a couple pretty, what were thought to going to be pretty high end uh, prospects. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously last year's Minnesota wideout didn't, hasn't panned out quite yet, but you know, he's still young. Uh, Bateman, I mean, he's just really well-developed route running. I mean, he's a lot like the other kind of top-tier guys of the wide receiver class. You know, they're all really, really good route runners. Mm-hmm. And I've started to notice the higher-up prospects. Like, route running is just such a big deal that I think, you know, these kids really, really focus on that at a young age because mm-hmm. – it's just become you didn't see that as much years ago like oh this guy's a great route runner nobody really talked about that you know Mm -hmm. um but you can cover up with maybe not having advanced speed all that if you're a good route runner i point out calvin ridley all the time is not the fastest guy in the league but he's one of the best receivers because he runs ridiculous routes keenan Mm -hmm. allen ridiculous route runner you know Mm -hmm. um He's got advanced tech, uh, technique, which uh, he's just kind of well-rounded. You know, he, he's got really good football skills, I guess you could say. Uh, tracks the ball well, which is pretty important. Um, he's dangerous on 50-50 balls. Uh, you and I were talking before the show. Uh, Bateman's probably a little bit bigger than people realize. So he's a pretty good 50-50 guy. Good size, good build. Uh, pretty gritty. Uh, you know, he's not afraid to mix it up, which – you know, some wide receivers are just not like that. Um, so that's kind of good. Great run after the catch. Uh, has a nose for the red zone. Uh, things that kind of stood out to me at a lot of drop passes. So he needs to improve his hands, which uh, we kind of saw with Jerry Judy last year. Uh, whether you can do that at this level, I don't know. I think at this point that takes a lot of work to really improve your hands. So I think his work ethic mm-hmm. will be will be big. I doesn't have great mismatch speed, um, so he could struggle to separate at the NFL level, which is also a little bit concerning. You don't see that with some of the kind of upper tier guys. So I think he'll I think he'll be a solid player. I, I don't know if he'll ever be elite, um, but out of the early, you know, mid round uh, top WRs. I think he's one of the more risky ones just because of his lack of separation and all that in his hands, to be completely mm-hmm. honest. Mm-hmm. It's so funny because I was just actually looking up some player uh, comparisons. Keenan Allen. There you Keenan go. Allen was, was the first name thrown out there, and it was because of the route running abilities. Yeah, I, I think that – Yeah, I, I mean, him, him and uh, Rondell Moore are basically the, the last of, of this tier – and as you mentioned, uh, you know, your, your perception of this draft is that it's not really as deep as, as previous years. So it's more like jump up in the drafts, grab the guys who are there, and then, you know, what the seconds and thirds aren't really as valuable. So I, I think he has a shot to be good. Uh, I mean, you know, I, I think that if you, if you look at where he's probably going to be drafted in this year's draft in comparison to other dynasty drafts, He's right there where like AJ Brown and DK Metcalf were going, you know, mid to, to late first round pick, more likely late first round pick. So in terms of draft capital for fantasy football, uh, he, he's pretty good. I mean, you know, I, I would definitely take a shot at him with the running back class being pretty weak this year. It pushes those wide receivers up a little bit. So I like him, man. I like him. Uh, do you have any prediction on where he's going to go you, you think he's a you think he's a first rounder in the nfl i know you mentioned that briefly you touched on it uh i think he's going to be close i really do um you know there's a wide receivers seem to be so important and so hot in the nfl anymore you know teams don't really care if they have which is kind of interesting talking about chase um teams mm-hmm. seem to be okay having three legit options so yeah I think it comes down to team needs. You know, I, I'd really have to dig into where teams fell in the first round. I think he's close. I don't know if he'll go in the first round. I think there's three guaranteed first round receivers, but outside of that, you know, I'm, I'm excited to see. I think, I think this first round, as far as dynasty prospects go, uh, is going to be one of the funnest we've had in the last few years. You know, Mm -hmm. we've, I don't know if it was last year necessarily outside of the WRs. We had to wait quite a while to see where a fair amount of guys went. So 
Mm-hmm. Um, I think we are night one on Thursday. We're going to know where a lot of quarterbacks land. Um, I don't know if we'll have to wait on the RBs. I, I would say ATN or Harris perhaps goes in the first round. I don't think it's a real good chance, but uh, Hey, one of them could go. Nobody thought CEH was going at the end of round one. And then, like I said, I think three, at least WRs will go night one. I mean, so Chase, yeah, for sure. Chase Smith and Waddle. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, so sorry to cut you off, but uh, last year's draft, six wide receivers went in the first round. And then you add in the second round guys. I mean, it was pushing like crazy. Ayuk was a first rounder, right? Which I think people forget. Didn't Ayuk? Ayuk, Justin Jefferson, Jalen Rager, CeeDee Lamb, Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs. And then the first two picks of the second round were T. Higgins, Michael Pittman, and then LaVisca Chenault, KJ Hamler, Chase Claypool. Van Jefferson. I can't believe Van Jefferson was a second round pick. I mean, that's just, it seems nuts, doesn't it? And then uh, Denzel Mims. I'm a little surprised about KJ Hamler as well when you said that. Yeah. So it's just, you know, I I didn't get the exact number, but that's about 12 guys, 12 wide receivers in the first two rounds. I mean, you know, people, people are saying that this class has a pretty decent, pretty decent wide receiver group. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him flying off the board. It's going to be cool, man. It's going to be cool. Um, just to throw up some stats real quick. So clearly 2020 was kind of messed up. I mean, the only players I think that you could really like take their 2020 season stats in, in like total truth is quarterbacks, I would say, and maybe running backs, but for these wide receivers. So Rashad Bateman had a really solid 2019 campaign, 60 receptions over 1200 receiving yards, 11 receiving touchdowns. He measures up at 6'2", 210 pounds. Uh, you know, I, I think he has, he has a chance to, to be big, man. I, I think we'll, we'll see what happens. So I'm uh, really excited to see where he lands. I bet you Miami's going to draft a wide receiver in the second round if they don't go like Pitts or someone in the first. So we'll see. Sure. We'll see. Cool, man. All right, let's move on to Rondell Moore, a wide receiver out of Big Ten. I think Purdue's in the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so we got – uh, Rondell Moore, who is a lot smaller, a lot smaller, not as small as Jalen Waddle, uh, but he's 5'9 and 180 pounds. So he basically blew up in 2018, his freshman year, with 114 receptions, uh, 1,258 receiving yards, and 12 receiving touchdowns, which is it's pretty good. It's pretty good. And I think he, oh my gosh, am I looking at this right? He, he rushed for 213 yards and two touchdowns what yeah he's uh his biggest strength is he's an explosive playmaker he's definitely a guy that they look to get the ball in his hands any way possible including rushing so no you're wow that's crazy so okay so so when you look at at rondell moore he's clearly undersized and honestly now i'm on playerprofiler.com great website they're pegging him at five seven bro five seven yeah, he's uh, he's super fast, uh, certainly a deep threat guy. Like I said, he's dangerous with the ball in his hands. Um, uh, excellent with it. He's a gadget runner. You know, he can play mm-hmm. at running back if he needs, kind of like LaVisca Chenault this year, got some carries, that type of thing. He's a great athlete um, just all around. Uh, but, yeah, like you said, his durability, he's had, a, he's had injuries. Uh-huh. Not sure he can hold up at the NFL level. Uh, short, very undersized. I think he is as much as some people worry about Smith. I think Rondell Moore is the much the similar sized version, but not as good. Of know? of Jalen Waddle. Of uh, Smith. Of Smith. Oh, how big is, is Devonte Smith? Very small. Yeah, I think. Are you he serious? Came, I think he came in at five eight 162 i think is what dude all of these guys are testing so much smaller than what i initially thought but i think i think smith's just straight uh, desire skill all that i think is much different than rondell moore not his desire i'm not saying but i think his skill set is totally different. So I think, yeah, I think what stands out too, Tyler, is uh, during his pro day, he ran a 4-3-2 40-yard dash. I mean, that is just freaking insane, dude. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that's killer. And he's going to be 21 years old going into the season. So 
So it's good. Um, the best comparable player, according to uh, playerprofiler.com, is T.Y. Hilton. So, you know, that's a pretty, pretty big comparison. So if he lives up to T.Y. Hilton, then obviously you'll be happy if you drafted him. Yeah, man, like I've said about Smith, you could say the same thing for more like I pointed it out a few episodes ago and Antonio Brown is not big and he was the best receiver in the NFL for years. I mean, mm -hmm. it doesn't, I think the game's slightly different that if you're really, really, really talented, uh, you can make it work, you know, Absolutely. Tyron not the biggest guy and he's unbelievable, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think sometimes we got so obsessed with, uh, Mark, uh, Marquise Colston, Deon or Andre Johnson, Calvin Johnson. You Des know, Bryant. That were just huge, you know, the the massive receivers. Uh, you kind of got it stuck in your head that you got to be huge. And even as violent as today's NFL is, I think your skill set really can carry you. I think that's also a transition in terms of how the game is played. As quarterbacks get better and they become gunslingers, you really don't have to be as tall. You have to get separation. So I think we're seeing, obviously, a shift in these builds, uh, even running backs. I mean, some running backs, I mean, even looking back at like Ray Rice, some of these guys were pretty tiny, man. You yeah. know, you, you either have a bruiser or you have a pass catcher nowadays. There's really no in between. So yeah. it's, it's a lot of people. Uh, there's a lot of unique assets anymore in football. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's crazy. I mean, it's just the evolution of the game. So uh, just like how nobody can touch the quarterback, you touch the quarterback, it's an automatic penalty. So yeah, I mean, you can look at a guy like uh, Antonio Gibson. I'm pretty sure played a fair amount of wide receiver in college. Mm -hmm. uh, he's a running back. Now you look at Kyle Pitts, who people think maybe plays receiver in the NFL. You, mm -hmm. Who knows what they do with these guys? Exactly. Exactly. Uh, hey, you know, Kyle Pitts brings up a, a great transition point here. Tyler, we've successfully broke down uh, about 10 rookies. Uh, we've gone through 42 of our top dynasty rankings pre-draft, obviously. Uh, let's talk about uh, let's talk about some predictions, uh, top 10 predictions in terms of the NFL draft. I mean, clearly, you know, the first two picks are probably solidified. But as we mentioned, basically the draft starts with the San Francisco 49ers. They basically set the tone and a lot of other organizations are going to shift their draft strategy based on what the 49ers do. So, okay, let, let's, let's walk through. Jaguars are clearly going to take Trevor Lawrence. There's really no ifs, ands, or buts about that. New York Jets are most likely going to take Wilson. I mean, would you concur with that? Uh, it's certainly what it sounds like. Yes. Okay. So now moving on to pick three in which San Francisco gave up quite a bit to uh, move up and uh, basically what are they going to take Mac Jones? Or are they going to take Trey Lance? What, what do you think they, they would do there? I think, I honestly think they're going to take Trey Lance. I think they're, I, I don't know why they're playing the, the smoke game. If it is maybe Mac Jones really is their guy, but I think you could have got Mac Jones much later, uh, you know, a few picks later anyways, that maybe only cost you one first instead of multiple. So mm -hmm. Um, nothing against uh, Mac Jones. I think Mac Jones has a great chance to be a great pro. I don't know if he's going to be elite, but I think he's going to be a good starting quarterback. But I don't buy it. I think they're going to go uh, Trey Lance. What do you think? Uh, I think that when they made the move, it was more evident that they were going to take Trey Lance. But I also didn't think Lance was a top three pick. You know, I, for some reason, I, I don't know why Justin Fields is slowly creeping down people's boards. Like right after the NFL season, it was it was Justin Fields was going to be number two. Right. Even in high school, yeah. Justin Fields was going to be number two behind Trevor Lawrence. For so sure. it's just it's so weird. And like if one of these franchises gets Justin Fields in the mid first round, I would much rather take that then trade up, give up a ton of assets and hope to hit on Lance or, or Jones. So I don't know, man. Yeah. It, it seems like, it seems like the 49ers are panicking based on the media. Like it seems like a lot of people are feeling like the 49ers screwed up. 
So, I mean, I trust an NFL organization's uh, scouting report a little bit more than my own since, you know, they have a whole team doing it, a whole department. So I, I, I bet you they're going to take Trey Lance. Otherwise, I'm sure a lot of people would be upset with them if they moved up that far to take Mac Jones. So then, then that leads you to the Falcons. So clearly San Fran's going to take a quarterback. So we got three off the board. What do the Falcons do? Do the Falcons pick their quarterback of the future and get Fields or Jones? Or do they take Kyle Pitts? I mean, Kyle Pitts is arguably going to be the first guy off the board that's not a quarterback. Um, man, that's a tough call. I, what do I you could, do? I could see them taking Pitts. You know, uh, I, it's really hard to say because Atlanta has so many holes as well. You know, I think you'd really have to dig in to be able to predict uh, some of these teams. You know, I think Atlanta is a huge question mark. Um, you know, we could put a question mark there, uh, which would bring us to Cincinnati. I think they take Sewell, I think is how you say his name, the offensive Yeah, Panay, you have to. You have, you have to. So, so, okay, so, so, okay, so obviously Cincinnati, I mean – I don't think they would take Pitts if he's on the board. I think it's clearly between Jamar Chase to link up with Joe Burrow or it's Panay Sewell. The smart pick is Panay Sewell, right? So let's just just say that the Falcons do take Kyle Pitts, okay? I think that would be a mistake. Reason being is because I don't think they're going to be drafting in the top five uh, anytime soon after this year. For me, it seems like the Falcons can put together a season that would not make them a bottom-tier franchise. Yeah. So if they miss their opportunity to grab a quarterback here, then they probably miss out on an opportunity and they better hope that Matt Ryan's good for the next two, three years. Right. So, okay. So Bengals take Penesuo, right. Does Miami take Jamar chase right here? I bet you they do. I bet I you, I bet you Miami does. I see chase going to Miami if it falls like that. Good. Okay. Cause they're clearly no. going to, Oh, go All ahead. these links between ex-quarterbacks and colleges and, you know, I I don't see as much as I love Smith, I, I don't see Miami taking Smith over Chase just because he went to Alabama with Tua, you know, I mean, it's a nice story, but I think Chase is your prototypical possible alpha. Um, mm-hmm. I think Smith's a phenomenal receiver, but his build probably won't allow him to be an alpha. You, you mm-hmm. go with Chase here. Uh, they don't have an alpha on their team. Devontae Parker is not that guy. He's never going to be that guy. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think they go chase, yes. Okay. I think they also have Will Fuller, too. But I don't think Will Fuller is capable of a, a wide receiver one uh, yeah. just due to health concerns. He's yeah. never going to last the season, and he's suspended the first couple games. Yeah. He so, could be a WR1, but he can't stay on the field. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I, I think Jamar Chase is the clear-cut choice there. And uh, if it all works out and Tua hits – Miami looks absolutely brilliant this offseason. They they had the best offseason I've seen in years. If the 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 way things are going falls their way. Uh, okay. Yeah, so so now now it gets dicey, right? Because you have the Lions with Jared Goff, the Panthers with now Sam Donald and Teddy Bridgewater, and the Broncos with Drew Locke. Do any of those teams move up to the Falcons pick if the Falcons aren't going to go quarterback? Uh, I don't know about that. I'm going to throw a wrench into the works at pick seven. I think New England trades up to seven to take really to take Fields or whomever. You know, if it's Lance, if it's Mac Jones, I think New England desperately needs to. You know they they screwed up a dynasty. We've talked about it before. They whatever happened there, they've derailed their entire franchise and. Cam Newton's not the guy. The guy is not in your building. Uh, you got to – the Patriots, because of their organization, are never going to be bad enough, like you said, about Atlanta to be a top three pick. It's just never going to mm-hmm. happen. No matter how bad their team is, they'll find ways to win games, enough games to not be terrible. So I think they jump up to seven. I really do. Okay. So, so you think the Lions are comfortable uh, moving downwards and accumulating more picks which I could see because the Lions have a lot of holes too. And, I think you know, so. Yeah. And yeah, I Jared, think New England's smart enough that they're not going to rush the quarterback. They're going to play Cam Newton. They're not going to destroy a kid's confidence in year one. I think they'll sit on whoever they have for a year because that's just who they are. Mm-hmm. You know, why force somebody in? New England has no chance to win the Super Bowl. None. 
So why force a kid in when you can play Newton for a year who's then a free agent? Sure. So so then okay. So bad quarterback to learn from. He's not he, I mean he I mean he 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 was an MVP, wasn't yeah. he? I'm pretty sure he was MVP and he oh, made yeah. it to the Super Bowl. Granted, he kind of kind of blew it, but whatever. Doesn't matter. He still has a very decorated career in a sense that he's accomplished a lot. And people seem to forget that due to his attitude and his failure in uh going for that fumble recovery in the Super Bowl. Bogus. <laughs> He didn't want Bogus. to take that hit from Von Miller, did he? Yeah, which I would have risked it all, dude. Come on, Super Bowl on the line. All right, so okay, so that means four quarterbacks are gone at pick seven. That leaves basically one of the top quarterbacks in terms of be or in this hypothetical scenario, it'd be be Mac Jones. Do the Panthers or the Broncos take Mac Jones with their pick? I don't think so. I think Carolina takes uh, Patrick Sertain the second. I really do. Okay. Okay. I, I mean, I could see it. I mean, that that would show that they believe in Darnold more than the, the fifth best option in this draft. So, you know, I, I like Sam Darnold, actually. I, I like him. You know, I traded – in one of the startups we did, I gave you like a first and second round pick for him when you drafted him in like the seventh round of a super oh, yeah, flex league. Yeah, like I, I like Darnold. He's still young enough. And you know what? He got put in literally the worst scenario any rookie quarterback could be put into. So I bet you they look to trade uh, Teddy Bridgewater. Or is he a free agent? I think, I think he's got he's one. A, I think he's a free agent next year. And, yeah, I'm with you. Okay. You trade it for Darnold. If he's no good, then you have a better draft pick next year. Exactly. So they're really in the same spot. Uh, yeah, it sucks because Christian McCaffrey's one year older, but, oh, well. It is what it have, is. They have holes in places, too. You know, you have – who you're hoping is your starter, if not franchise quarterback, there's no reason to take one this year. Again, if you suck, take one next year. Exactly. So, okay, perfect. Then, then that brings us to uh, your, your favorite team, which it's got to be worse than being a Bears fan. My goodness. What do the Broncos do? I think they take that kid from Penn State, the linebacker. Really? Yeah. So you, think, you think they're, they're going to load up then on, on defense? I, I feel like their offense isn't good enough, man. I don't think it is either. I just think if you're not going to get one of the safer QBs, I mean, Denver has proved time and time again, they have no idea what they're doing at quarterback. I, I think Denver's best option is to trade for another veteran like they did with Peyton Manning. I mean, Denver was terrible before Peyton Manning. Everybody seems to forget that. I mean, we went from Tebow to Peyton Manning to Paxton Lynch. They don't know how to draft quarterbacks to so stop wasting picks go go trade for rogers next year it sounds like rogers is out of green bay you know just you know start renting quarterbacks that's how you got another super bowl anyways hey you might as well i agree with that i agree with that don't dude okay i mean it's too bad I mean, the price tag Cousins, i think will be a free agent next year right he only signed a three-year deal yeah uh he signed a massive deal they yeah, overpaid Kirk short. cousin it was very yeah. short. And I agree. That's the way you do it. One, you know? Unless you have a Super Bowl caliber quarterback, don't shaft yourself and, and give them a huge contract. Yeah, so, I, okay. I think Denver's got holes everywhere, like a lot of these teams. Why force a quarterback, you know? Sure. Okay, so that leaves one quarterback on the board. Uh, clearly, the Cowboys won't take, won't take Mac Jones. Uh, I could see them either going defense or going offensive line. Um, I would like to see him go defense. I think that they need to boost up their defense uh, in order to actually be competitive in games if the offense has an injury or if they're they're just falling behind. What do you think? I think they go Slater, the kid from Northwestern. I think they go offensive line. I mean, you just watched your franchise uh, get a compound fracture last year because he had no blocking. Um, you know, I think like Burrow and Cincinnati, man, you, you got to protect your quarterbacks. They're the most – important investment on your team you know it's sure just, it's just that simple so i think they go offensive linemen and then just as a bonus uh that would bring up the giants i think they go jalen waddle so really you think jalen waddle is off the board between or before Devonte smith i do i think uh fair or not uh you know i could see some people a little bit worried about his size i i don't I don't think it's warranted, but yes, I think Smith drops uh, a little bit more than anticipated. I really do. So that means we only had, uh, what, two defensive players off the board. 
two offensive linemen, uh, one tight end, two receivers, four quarterbacks, if my math is right, just based on memory. That's a very weird draft. That's a very weird a start to a draft. Yeah, that I mean, you have seven out of the top 10, 11 offensive picks. You know, usually those are shifted. The first couple are quarterbacks, then you start hitting the O, o uh, line and the defensive edge rushers. So we'll, we'll see what happens, man. I mean, I'm getting excited just thinking about Thursday. Too bad I got to work, bro. We're only a night away, so we're going to find out if we're close. Obviously, we had a trade in there, which could easily not happen. I just – I don't know, man. They, the Patriots spent a ton of money. Um, again, I still think they rolled Newton regardless, but mm-hmm. you got to find a quarterback because Cam Newton's not your – not the answer. I think Cam Newton's going to be much better this year than he was last year, but he's not the answer. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I agree. Mean, to be fair to Newton, that offense was atrocious. I mean, your top pass catcher is Jacoby Myers. That's that's not a good place to be, and that's got not him a, off the waivers, baby. <laughs> that's not a bash on Myers at all. That's just not where you want to be. Nice man. So I got to ask you: Do the Bears trade up in this draft to secure the quarterback? I think they would be smart to, but again, I think it depends on cost and who's available. You know, I, like we've talked about the, the bears are wasting a super bowl defense. They'll age out sooner than later. Um, but again, I wouldn't mortgage a ton. If you're, if you're not going to get, obviously you're not getting Lawrence, but if you're not getting uh, one of the higher tier guys, you know, I, mm-hmm. so I think it's, it depends on who's there. You know, if you can make a trade and gamble on Justin Fields or Trey Lance, I would, mm-hmm. but I also don't know if that helps you in, in the immediate. It doesn't the, exactly. They, yeah, they blew it. They blew the it. Only guy that could help you probably this year guaranteed. You know, mm-hmm. I think he'll be like a Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow was having a great season before he got hurt. Yeah. So yeah. The, the downside is uh, Ryan Pace likes to mortgage a lot. And I can see them giving up like next year's first and the 2023 first, like two first round picks on top of their, their 20th pick overall and go up to like, like the mid first. I bet you they do it. Honestly, I bet you they do it because then that buys them another year in the position saying, Hey, we didn't get a chance. Nagy could say, Hey, I didn't get a chance to draft the quarterback that I wanted to give me another year to develop these guys buys them another year. And who knows what's going to happen. But the downside is if they get fired, they just shafted the Bears' future. So it's a very Bears thing to do. So we'll see what happens, man. The, the blood is flowing. Uh, we get a lot of indication to where these franchises think they are in terms of identity and uh, in competition on Thursday night. So real exciting, Tyler. Well, the Bears' line is not good, right? They, were, they pulled it together pretty decent uh, the, the last few weeks, but I agree. I think you stick to where you're at at the 20th pick and you draft an offensive lineman. Unless you're going to trade up and pay up big, you draft offensive lineman in that, that 20th pick, and then you draft a, probably a cornerback or another offensive lineman in the second. So we'll see. We'll There's see what happens. a lot of good uh, offensive linemen in this class from what I've read. I mean, obviously, I don't pay any attention to that because it has mm-hmm. nothing to do with Dynasty, but – uh, mm-hmm. from a sense of who you're drafting obviously it has a ton to do with dynasty if who they're protecting but mm-hmm. i mean you're focused on even in a single qb man you're focused on wide receivers and running backs let's be honest you know Agreed. most tight ends don't pan out you know who the top couple are every rookie year they're always overdraft they're overhyped they're the next big thing you're looking at rbs and running backs or running backs and wide receivers. And Lawrence is a little different this year. I Even in a one QB, people are very, very, very excited about him. I think he goes in a fair amount of first rounds, even in a, a one QB. And I think that – I don't think that's a bad pick. Yeah, really I'm think. going for him. I'm going for him at the 110, baby. Yeah. Tyler, hey, listen, man, I'm sorry. Uh, the lady just got back home. She went grocery shopping for us. I'm pumped. I haven't eaten all day. But, you know, I'm sorry to cut this short, but let's let's link up on Thursday, uh, whether we, we go an hour before the draft or start it during the draft. I'll get the brews ready. Hopefully we'll have a special guest on with us, and we'll just basically chill and just, uh, just see what, what happens. It's draft day, baby. It's draft day, man. We'll have some fun with it. Cool. Fantastic, Tyler. Hey, sorry for cutting it short, but Good, as always, it's a pleasure. And uh, we'll talk to everybody soon. Follow us on Twitter, on Instagram at Halfback Dynasty. Send us an email if you need any 
inquiries or, or any advice to your inquiries or hit us up on Dynasty League Football. Tyler, be smooth, stay safe. Just remember, Tyler, you are in these leagues for life with the rainy chant, baby.